0: soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, preparing a people for the kingdom of heaven, preserving the glory of God. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Key of David podcast, brought to you by the Watchman of the Wall Ministries. I'm your host, Charles, and I thank God above that you found the time to listen to this podcast, that you were led, and I do say led, by the Holy Spirit to this podcast, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It is not by accident, listener, that you are listening to this podcast. It is not by chance. It is not because you decided one day to take the time to do it. It's because it was by divine appointment that God wants to speak to your heart. Yeah. I pray there is something that is said in the next few minutes on this podcast that blesses you, that gives you encouragement, that edifies your faith, that gives you the ability to stand in the evil day because we are going to face things that are going to push our faith to the breaking point. I'm not saying this to make you fear. I'm just saying this to wake you up and let you know there is an enemy and he desires to destroy your walk with God. But we have a father and a God that is faithful to give you podcasts such as this one that will encourage you, strengthen you, give you the ability to stand when everything else is falling apart. And I welcome you to this podcast, and I know that if you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart, something will be said, something will be done, a prayer will be prayed, a word will be spoken that will give you exactly what you need. While I'm welcoming you, listener, I'm going to welcome to the podcast my brother and partner in the ministry, Scott. Scott, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing awesome, Charles. And once again, it is amazing to be here again. I, I think we've been given another privilege, like you've said, to do these podcasts. Only the Lord knows how long we're going to get to do these, and and it's just a privilege and an honor. And I I found I was listening to you talk, and I've found the Lord to be true. Whomsoever are hungry or thirsty, let him come. And And he's always been faithful, Charles. If you've been hungry enough and thirsty enough to to get something from him, he will give it to you. And, and I hope that's what you are this morning listening. I know I am. Charles, I believe you are, and I can't wait to hear what uh, God's got to say again. About 99% of the time, it's new to me, too. So I'm enjoying this.
0: How are you today? Amen. I'm doing well, and I hope the listener understands what we mean, that uh, we don't take a whole week to plan out the podcast. We we meditate. We seek God's face. We ask the Holy Spirit what he would like to say. But when it comes down to it, we are obedient, and we are open to the Holy Spirit leading on this podcast. And like Scott said, when, when you get it, listener, we're usually getting it, too. <laughs> and uh, it encourages us just as much. And We thank God for the privilege and the opportunity to have, once again, this chance to come and speak to you before it's all over. Like God said, we don't know how much time we have left before Jesus arrives and this age is brought to an end. And the time of salvation through the grace of God comes to an end and the kingdom age begins. But thank God right now we have that opportunity. We're taking the opportunity to speak to your heart. And before we get started, I'm going to ask Scott, go ahead and say a prayer for us that the listener will be open to hear what God's word is, that we will obey the Holy Spirit in this podcast, that he will have every opportunity to say what he wants to and have complete liberty and freedom. Scott, would you pray? I
1: will surely pray. And and once again, as usual, if you're following this podcast, this this is part of the time that we're going to step away from the message we're about to deliver, and, it, and it's all about you right now. Um, Charles, I know we're living in a day and age that we're being buffeted. Um, I know we're speaking of the wilderness journey coming, but I would dare say that there's a lot of people on the other side of this podcast that are already being buffeted. And, and I'm going to take a little different turn this morning. Usually I'm getting pretty loud and I'm getting pretty mean, but I'm going to take a different turn this morning. And I'm going to read just a little bit. Again, this is for you, listener. I want you to open your mind up for a moment, open your heart up, and, and receive this word. I'm going to pull out a quickly, Hebrews chapter 12. I would encourage you to read this whole chapter for yourself because the Lord would like to speak to you. By Just you and him, Uh, but let me go to verse uh, 14, I'm going to jump two places, but this is for you this morning, you that are listening to to this podcast, whatever time that may be in the future that you listen to this, this is for you, a word of encouragement, let me go, verse 14 of chapter 12 of Hebrews, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness, mark that word in your mind, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Let me jump to verse 25. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape. If we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifying the removing of things that are shaken, as of the things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. This, this is the, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to give this calmly. This is the word of encouragement for you this morning. I know you've been buffeted. I know Satan has been after you. I know this week you've had troubles galore, and it seems as though everybody is turning against you. I know I'm talking to somebody this morning, and and, and it seems like everybody's turned against you, and you're all alone. And God is a million miles away. This is for you this morning. I'm just going to say three words. He loves you. I don't want you to forget that. I want you to get that in your spirit. He loves you this morning. Everything that he's doing and everything that he's done, he's done for you because he loves you. You're not alone. I'm speaking, Charles, into the spirits of people that have been buffeted this week, and they've, they've been hurt. They've been hurt by people. They've been hurt by church. They've been hurt by family members. They've been hurt by friends. But God is here this morning just for an instant, a moment, if you'll receive it to heal the brokenhearted just for a moment. If you'll believe God can reach in and heal years of bitterness. You see, Satan is out to kill, steal and destroy. And he wants to put a root of bitterness, anger, vengeance, hatred. uh, uh, You know, I'm not going to forget the things that people have done to me, that, that kind of thing. And he wants you to carry that dead weight, that dead sack on your shoulder. But, this morning, we're gonna rebuke that when we pray. And I want you to know Jesus loves you. I just want to I just want to say it one more time. Boy, don't that sound good. Jesus loves you. He loves you this morning. Let me say it one more time. He loves you this morning. And he is doing everything that in his power that you are gonna make it, that you're gonna be strong. He's thinking of you, he has you on his mind, as they used to sing the old song. When he was on the cross, you, listener, was on his mind. I, you know, if I, was, if I was at work or somewhere and somebody just told me that, I guess I'd start dancing like David right now because it's good to know Jesus loves you. He's for you, not against you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the word that we're about to receive. We thank you for your presence. God, we thank you that you are the bomb of Gilead still. You don't change. Whatever hurt, whatever scar, whatever wound, whatever dreadful, horrible thing that somebody has done to this listener this morning, I pray that you heal. I pray that you go in and touch. I pray that you strengthen. God, they've been buffeted this week, but, Lord, for your glory, I pray that you raise the people up. Whatever time they hear this podcast, that they be strengthened, that they be encouraged, that, God, they can make it if they will lay their trust in you, Lord, if they will lay their faith in you, and they'll give their heart to you. You can't trust other people, yeah, but you can give your heart to the Lord. And, Father, we thank you this morning that we can trust you. (laughs) We can trust you this morning with everything that we have. Father, I pray that you touch them and be with them this morning. And, God, I pray that you touch the podcast. I pray that you speak through Charles. If you want me to say something, please speak through me. Anoint this podcast, God, with your presence and your power. Lord, and we thank you this morning for the strength, for the encouragement. God, for the joy that we can feel in our spirit. We give you the praise this morning for everything. In Jesus' name we pray, and
0: amen. Amen, amen. Good words, Scott. Thank you for obeying the spirit. I know you spoke to my heart as well as someone else. More than one person needed to hear what you had to say, and thank God that God cares enough to take time to speak to us on a personal level. So thank you so much for obeying the Spirit, Scott. Thank you. Um, we're going to talk a little bit today about what the series that we've been in for a while now, and it's called the Kingdom series, and. I want to do a little bit of review because if we have any new listeners or someone who has been listening in, I just want to, in a nutshell, bring us on to the same page today, the same goals that we've been working on since we started this new series. The reason we called it the Kingdom Series is because, first and foremost, God's form of government is not the same as a Western world culture is so accustomed to. Scott, over here in, in the in United States of America, we are so used to being governed by a body of representatives. We have what's called a republic and a democracy and a president elected by the people to represent what the people stand for. And uh, Scott, we have grown so accustomed to that type of leadership that type of governing that we forget that god's form of government is a monarchy where he has one supreme ruler the king you know it's always been the case throughout history if you read your bible you're going to see that god's form of government has always been a king uh it was he he wanted to be the king and the people cried out for a king so he gave them a king in the flesh, but God has always wanted to be the king of our lives. And we have to start thinking in a kingdom mentality, Scott, if the believer wants to actually be successful in their walk with God, if they want to grow in their faith as a believer, they have to start thinking on the kingdom principles. They have to start thinking with a kingdom mentality. And remember that God is a king, and we live in a kingdom. Now, that was the first goal we had with this kingdom series. Our key scripture coming from Romans chapter 14, and it says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. That was Romans 14, 17, meaning that it's a spiritual kingdom that we live in. Scott, we currently live in a spiritual kingdom where the Holy Spirit is to govern us and lead us and teach us the ways of God and how to be um, a, a member of God's kingdom. But Scott, we also had another purpose for this kingdom series, and that's to inform the believers, the listeners, that this age, the current age that we live in, which what we call the the, the priest age or the church age is coming to an end. And that means that another age will soon be taking over. And that's the age of the king. When Jesus himself returns to this earth, he sets up his kingdom, takes the throne of his father David in Israel, and Israel becomes the capital of this world. And he physically rules and reigns on this earth. Now, that age of the king is fast approaching. There yeah. have been several ages, Scott, throughout history. we mentioned them before on this podcast, but for the sake of review, let's say some of those ages that we've already been uh, aware of in the world today, the fallen age of man or the age from Adam and his fall in the Garden of Eden until Noah and the ark. That was the fallen age of man. And then began the prophetic age of man from Noah until Jesus, the age of the prophet, the first prophet being Enoch, and the last of the prophetic age being John the Baptist. And those prophets revealed to us the plan of God, revealed to the world God, and he spoke to the world, to his people Israel, through the prophets. Then Jesus, by his death, burial, and resurrection, Brought in the priest age or the age of the church. The Bible says that we are a royal priesthood, Scott, that each and every person that is born again becomes a priest to
1: mm-hmm. represent
0: Jesus on this earth and to, and to show forth the, the light and salt of God's word to this world. And the church age has been in effect since Jesus went to heaven And the day of Pentecost was fully come. The church age began, and we're currently living in the church age. But, Scott, soon and very soon, that age will be over, and the king age, or the age of the king, when Jesus physically reigns on this earth, will soon begin. Now, Scott, one thing that we have to realize about each one of these ages, from the fallen age of man to the prophetic age to the priestly age, And then soon to come, the kingly age, there's always an overlap. Yep. Scott, there's always a brief time where the old age is being overlapped with the new age, and there is a transition that occurs. Scott, we've been talking about that transition. We've been talking about how Enoch appeared on the scene and began to prophesy about God's judgment before Noah built the ark and Enoch and Noah dwelt together there for a little while, and the prophetic age and the age of the fallen age of man, they overlapped for a brief period of time. And then when the prophetic age came to an end, John the Baptist being the last of the prophetic age, he and Jesus dwelt together. And before the age of the church began, there was an overlap between the prophetic age of man and the priest age or the church age of man. Now, Scott, we're fast approaching the kingdom age or the age of the king when Jesus will physically reign on this earth, and there's going to be another transition, Scott. And as the church age is coming to an end, there's an overlap. And right now we're seeing that overlap, Scott. The church age is losing its ability to govern the body of Christ. The church age is lost it's effectiveness. It's beginning to mm-hmm. wane and to run out of steam, so to speak. But it's all because it's a part of God's plan. I mm-hmm. know that a lot of ministers have prayed for revival, and there's been a lot of prophet prophets and a lot of so-called ministers out there prophesying about an end-time revival that's coming. But, Scott, I'm here to tell you that the things are not going to get better until Jesus comes back.
1: Right. And right.
0: Uh, they're only the darkness is only going to increase as the church age comes to an end and the kingdom age begins. And there'll be an overlap. And during that transition, and transitions always occur in a violent sort of way, Scott. According to Romans chapter eight, it said that all creation groans like a woman giving birth to a child. And all of creation is groaning, Scott, right now as we speak. All of creation. And and I'm talking about not only creation on a physical sense, but on a spiritual sense. It also says, because we don't know what to pray, that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings and utterings that cannot be understood. But he's praying for the direct will of God the Father. And so we have a spiritual groaning occurring at the same time. There is a birth about to take place, Scott. The king age is about to be born. And as that happens, there is a violent transition taking place. Birth pains, labor pains from the church as the church age gives birth to the king. And I feel the spirit of the Lord coming up on me because Mm -hmm. I see that in my mind's eye, Scott that the woman is in travail and the woman is about to give birth and the church has done its part. The church has spread the gospel. The church has fulfilled its purpose. And as the church fulfilled its purpose, it is about to give birth to the King and the King will arrive. Scott, how would you say that I've summed it up. You do a pretty good job of bringing it up to the same page today. Uh, <laughs> that was absolutely
1: beautiful. Well, well put, sir. I wouldn't add anything to it. And, and you know, well, let me take that back. I, I'll, one thing to that perfectly surmised uh, thing that we're doing here, you put it well, is the transition always occurs. We, we've been quick through these podcasts to also in review say, you know that we're not giving you some new doctrine some new theology we're not trying to build a cult here this is something that god as you eloquently put through the through the ages through the administrations that you gave as examples god has used the transition over and over and over and an overlap is is upon us right now charles just like and i know this is kind of crude but i'm trying to get people to understand just like You know, you notice when God makes pronouncements, it's not always immediately. uh, There's immediate action. When God pronounced Adam, you will die if you eat of this fruit. Trust me. Listen to what I'm saying. He didn't immediately die when when he did partake of the fruit. A transition occurred right then Uh, on a small scale, in a small way. A transitioning began from perfect man to fallen man. But it didn't happen right then. There was an overlap, if you'll think about that for a minute. And, and we reviewed that, and we said, why does God do that? God could perfectly well stop the church age on a dime and begin the kingdom age that we're talking about on a, on a dime if you wanted to. But God is about choice. He's all about it. He's eat up with it, if I could say it that way. Choice to you. Because, because, Charles, we, we know, and we've taught this on previous podcasts, that God is out for love. God is love. And what God is wanting through all this is love from you. Now, real, true love can't be robotic. It can't be forced or made. It's a choice. True love is a choice. And therefore, he presents this overlap to you for you to decide you're going to follow that'd be the only thing that i would add to that perfect summation you you gave
0: (laughs) thank you so much you did a great job you know you were speaking about the transition and that's where we are today is there is a transitioning occurring between the church age and the kingdom age and like you said We're not speaking some new doctrine, Scott. We're not bringing up some new theology that has never been heard of. You may never have heard about it, listener, in your church, but you can read in your word, and it happens not only between ages, but it also happens within the plan of God. We brought up, Scott, on the last couple of podcasts, the similarities between the transition of the children of Israel from being ruled in Egypt to being in the promised land. And there was a transition there that occurred between Egypt and the promised land called the wilderness. And Moses Mm -hmm. led the people through the wilderness. And it was a transition. And like you said, the theme of the wilderness was choice. Mm -hmm. And God had given those people several opportunities to choose to trust him and to choose to believe his plan, and to choose to believe that he was leading them to a promised land. Now, Scott, he gave them multiple opportunities to believe his word. He put them to the test. He tested their faith. And unfortunately, that whole generation, Scott, that left Egypt never made it to the promised land because they could not make the choice to accept God's complete will and complete plan they kept Mm. looking back to egypt they kept looking back to the old ways they kept looking back to being governed in the old fashion they would talk to each other about how it used to be in egypt and how all their meals used to be taken care of and they didn't have to you know they forgot the bad times scott they forgot the hard times and they they didn't look forward to the promised land they kept looking back toward Egypt. And because of that, they fell in the wilderness and never became part of God's rest. They never experienced God's promised land. And Scott, if we're not careful, we're gonna fall think we're gonna fall victim to the same thing that the children yes. of Israel did during their transition in the wilderness. Because yes. Scott, there is a wilderness journey that we must all take from the church age to the kingdom age this overlap that we are experiencing right now scott is a time of testing our faith will be pushed to the breaking point we'll be tempted to look back to the old ways and say oh but we want the church to stay in control we want the five-fold ministry spoken about in ephesians chapter four to continue to govern the body of christ And God is trying to show us through the book of Hebrews that you read earlier that each age has its fulfilling purpose. Mm -hmm. And the church age was a good age, Scott. Best age we've had so far. Certainly better than the fallen age between Adam and Noah. And certainly better than the prophetic age between Noah and Jesus. Jesus said there was many a prophet that had looked forward to the day that Jesus would arise and come and establish the spiritual kingdom of God and the Church age, and they never got to be a part of it, but they longed to see that day come. Yeah. And God, the Church has fulfilled its purpose, mm-hmm. and if we look forward, we're going to see that the best is yet to come. That yes. Jesus physically ruling and reigning on this earth is a better age than the church age. And yes. I know a lot of people may disagree, and there'll they'll be a lot of people, Scott, that are not able to make that transition, that just as the children of Israel fell in the wilderness because they could not look forward to the promised land and kept looking back, there'll be several people, and there are those people now, Scott, that are unable to transfer or to, or to transition between the church age and the kingdom age. And they look back in longing to the church age and said, okay, oh, can't, can't it go on forever? Can't we keep going on this way? And Scott, it's not part of God's plan. God's plan is for the King to arrive and for his kingdom to be established and for Jesus to begin his reign on this earth. Amen.
1: Amen. Oh,
0: I love what you're saying.
1: And, and, each age has been successively better than the other. And and like you said, I love that. The church age has been the best so far. My goodness at the things we've got to experience and see un, under that governing church age. But Charles, we've took even a couple of podcasts and focused on the fact that this is a this is a hard thing. We took two podcasts specifically to say we understand this is a hard decision to, to uproot, to leave, to you know, it's a fearful thing to, to get away from what you're used to. The human mind wants, wants, you know, familiarity. It wants, even if it's bad, the human mind has a propensity to gravitate to familiarity because the human mind likes knowing what's going on all the time. And that's not how faith works. Faith is, I don't see it. I don't feel it. I don't I don't know what's happening exactly, but I trust you, Lord. And that's, that's the mountain that they couldn't overcome in the wilderness, Charles. And that's what we're heading into. I know it sounds scary what we're saying. You, you mean my, my church is going to fail? Well, no, not necessarily. The church age was designed to come to an end. I mean, look at it like that, if we, if we can say it that way. The church age fulfilled, like Charles said, its destiny. It fulfilled the, the uh, mandate that Jesus gave it to do. Now it is time. To step aside, look at it like John the Baptist on on a smaller scale, but still the same meaning. John said, I must decrease and he must increase. The church age has come to a time where it has fulfilled its job. It's fulfilled its duty. But now the spirit of God has picked up and moved toward a different moving now. And it's getting ready for the king to sit on his throne. And my what a good time that's going to be, Charles, because we won't have a king talking about, you know, today's leaders. I don't care where you fall. But but Jesus is not going to stab you in the back. When Jesus gives you a stimulus check, it'll be one that lasts forever and it won't come with a burden and it won't come with a price. I I, I, I can get started. I'm starting to get started. So I got to calm down. Uh, and, and let me let me say this too, Charles to add and you. Take off where you want to take off with it, but in that transition, there are oh. transitional leaders that are at play at the same time. You spoke of the children in the wilderness. Now, Charles, they didn't have just Moses trying to lead them. They didn't have just Moses there. They again had a choice. Nadab and Abihu, and I'm probably I'm massacring their names. I, I, maybe you can help me with their names. But they were two people that can that were there standing at the same time Moses was trying to sway the people back to Egypt. Hey, let's go back. We had three square meals a day. Yeah, we had the whip, but we knew when the whip was going to be there. We knew when our three meals was going to be there. We had a horrible hut over us, but at least we had a hut. Let's go back. We don't know what's happening here. And Moses at the same time saying, God is going to lead you to a better place with a better covenant, with, with better living if you'll follow me. And Charles, that decision is before us now. I better stop right there and let you expound on that.
0: <laughs> no, You're doing a great job, but you're right. We're at the valley of decision again. Um, it has happened several times in the Bible. We're going to, if, if, if the Lord allows today, we're going to bring up, the similarities of the King David and how he had a transition in his life from his prophetic age to his King age. And at the same time, that's what the church is going through, but a choice has to be made. Are Mm. you going to be a part of the generation that goes into the kingdom or are you because you are unable to change or unable to let go of a, of a fulfilled prophecy, a fulfilled covenant Uh, Scott, the new covenant of the church has fulfilled its destiny. It's fulfilled its purpose. It's brought upon this earth the realization, the priesthood of Jesus Christ has done its job in showing the world Jesus Christ and is wrapping up. And we have to be able to move. Like you said, there was a cloud by day and a fire by night that led the children of Israel through the wilderness. And when they were going through that wilderness journey, that journey that we're going to talk about, that the church has to go through to get to the King age, they were led by a cloud by day and a fire by night. And when that cloud stopped, they stopped. And when that cloud moved, they had to move. And that fire was there at night to keep them warm and to show them the way And Scott, we're about to go into a period where we have to be led by the spirit. We have to let the Holy Ghost tell us what we need to know and what we need to hear. And he is attempting to do so through podcasts such as this one to lead his people to that kingdom age. But a choice has to be made every day. Joshua put it this way. He said, choose you this day who you will serve. You can go back and serve the old gods like our former ancestors did on the other side of the flood or even in Egypt. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua was moving forward. He was following God's plan. Paul said it this way in Philippians chapter three and four. He said, forgetting those things that are behind, I press forward toward the mark of the prize Of the high calling which is in christ jesus you know scott um we keep saying words like the priest age and the prophetic age and the king age and i think i need to take a little bit of time here to see if i can explain this we could spend a whole podcast on this (laughs) yeah for for the sake of what the people need to know you know I believe in gathering, you know, I believe in gaining information. It says in all you're getting to get understanding. And if you seek God's will and you seek his word, he will teach you things about himself, Scott. He will show you his plan. He will begin to show you intimate things about himself. But, you know, there is a need to know basis. And right now we're at a time, Scott, in this transition where the people who are listening to us, need to know certain things, but other things that they need, they'll have to get from the Holy Ghost. But I, for the sake of explaining ourselves, want to bring this point up. And bear with me just a moment, and then we'll get back on track. But Scott and I have used words like the priest age and the king age and the prophetic age. There are three administrations, Scott, that God has always used during his governing of his people in the Bible, and those are the administrations of prophet, priest, and king. You can see this all the way through the history of Israel, prophet, priest, and king. There was someone that was a prophet. There was a priest that represented the organized body of Christ or the organized religion of God to the people there was a king that God established to rule over those people and usually those offices are always held by someone separately there's someone that does the prophetic move there's someone that does the the priestly move there's one, the other one the, the king offices usually held by someone else rarely has there ever been a person that has operated in all three administrations now We are about to bring up somebody that has uh, Jesus first and foremost. He is our prophet, priest, and king. He was the prophet when he walked upon this earth. He is our high priest that represents us, and, and he intercedes for us right now at the right hand of the Father as our high priest. He is fashioning us and making us into his image so that when he presents the church, when he returns and takes the church to the father, he's going to present that church to the father. Like a high priest presents the sacrifice and it's accepted. Now there's one more office that Jesus holds and that's King. However, he has not received his kingdom yet. No Scott. If you'll remember, he told Pilate, I am a King. And for this reason was I born, but my kingdom is not of this world or my, my followers will rise up and fight. See, Jesus knew he was going to be a king, but he has not yet received his kingdom. Now, when the king age arrives and Jesus returns to this earth, he will be coronated and anointed and crowned king of kings and lord of lords and rule and reign from Israel as the capital of this world, and he will receive his kingship. So, he is one of the very few people that have played the prophet, priest, and king at one time in his life. Now, there's also been another person that we're going to talk about today, and that is David. David in the Bible, and you can read the whole life of David. His life begins in the Bible at 1 Samuel chapter 16 and goes all the way through 1 Kings chapter 2. And Scott, there's a reason why we have the whole life of David proclaimed in the word of God. There are people that have had their whole lives proclaimed in the word of God. And the reason being is they are a type of Christ. They are mm-hmm. a reflection of the church. They are, they are there to show you the plan. I can think of a couple of examples. Joseph, Joseph in the Old Testament in Genesis, His whole life, from the time that he came on the scene until he died, has been proclaimed in the word of God and what he went through. Joseph was a type of Christ, and he was also a type of reflection of the church and how the bride of Christ would be used and how the bride of Christ would be represented in this world. Now, Joseph's life was all the way through the Bible. Moses' life, from beginning to end, is proclaimed in the word. We also have David. Now, David is a man who, through those administrations that I spoke of earlier, prophet, priest, and king, David has played all three of those at one time in his life. He was a prophet as he sat watching the sheep, Scott, in the wilderness. He would play on the fields his little harp, and he would sing psalms to God. And the Spirit of God would come upon him, Scott. And if you read the book of Psalms, you will see prophetic words come out of David's messages. David's songs would contain words from the Holy Spirit that would directly reference Jesus Christ and the church to come. David played the prophet on those hills as he sang and grew up with God and he created that intimate relationship that he had with God. Then David also played the priest part of God, because how else would David have been able to go into the tabernacle or the temple of God and take the showbread unless it was God who had anointed David as a priest after the order of Melchizedek, not the Levite priesthood mind you, but the order of the Melchizedek priesthood talked about in Genesis. The same priesthood talked about in Hebrews that Jesus is a part of. Jesus was a priest after the order of Melchizedek, and so was David. David was anointed prophet, priest, and then he also, Scott, was anointed king and became king. Now, David's life is a reflection of, of Jesus Christ. He is a type of Christ in the Old Testament. But if we read his life story, Scott, we will see that each transition that he went through from one age to the other, from one administration to the other, from prophet to priest to king, was done so by a choice that he made to obey God, to believe God's word, to see God's plan in operation and embrace it. And just like David, his life, he had a wilderness journey. He had a time, Scott, where before he became king and entered into the king age, he went through the wilderness and he lived in the wilderness. Do you remember the story when the children of Israel had chosen King Saul as their king? And Saul was jealous of his office and because he did not want to see David anointed King. He attacked David and ran David into the wilderness where David had to live in the wilderness for a period of time until God set him up as King. Yep. Scott, the same thing is going to occur with the church as the church age comes to an end, as the church, the bride of Christ prepares itself for the arrival of the King. As we move into the church age, Just as David's life reflected the transition, the church will have a wilderness journey as well, Scott. And it's that wilderness journey that we're going to talk about. Lord willing, we're going to see how David's life reflected. Now, Scott, one of the very first things that I see when I read about David is how much David loved the Lord. Mm -hmm. And even as a young age, Scott, and I feel the Holy Spirit impressing us to bring out points about David that got David from where he was as a young boy until being anointed as king of Israel. And the reason that he was able to finish and complete the plan of God is because he cultivated, Scott, an Mm -hmm. intimate relationship with God at an early age. Early in his relationship with God, as he would sit out there on the fields and watch the sheep, he was a shepherd. Jesus is also a shepherd. We'll talk about that, too. But David's life reflects the fact that as he was a shepherd and Jesus was a shepherd, there were times that David spent, Scott, praying to God, meditating Mm -hmm. on God, praising God developing that intimate relationship through the Holy Spirit with God. And Scott, that gave him the strength to make the right choice later in life while he was in the wilderness and all things seemed to be working against him. And I feel the movement of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. on this. David came to a period in his life, Scott, when he was in the wilderness where all the prophets And what Samuel had spoke over his life and all the dreams and all the visions that David received in his young age seemed to not be coming true, didn't seem to be coming to pass. And David had to make a choice while his faith was being tested, while he was out in the wilderness and he was going through things that he didn't know and didn't believe and may not could not believe that he would ever go through, Scott, how he lost everything and how he became A fugitive in his own Mm -hmm. kingdom, in his own land. Here we're talking about the true king of Israel, the anointed king of Israel to be. A fugitive in his own land running and hiding in the wilderness, surviving by his wits. Who knows what he went through in the wilderness before he became king and how he must have been discouraged at times, Scott, and how he might have looked You know, he might have looked back at his time as a shepherd and said, oh, I miss those days when I had intimacy with God and I didn't have a care in the world. Or he may have looked forward to saying, what happened to the promise of being a king? And there may have been discouragement. And Scott, you had mentioned earlier when you were praying that the Lord had led you to pray against a root of bitterness. You know, there was a time in David's life where he could have had a root of bitterness grow up in his heart he could have been bitter on what he had lost he could have been bitter because the plan of God did not seem to be coming to pass in his life he could have let that root of bitterness take hold in his heart when he was in the wilderness running for his life and that root of bitterness would have kept him from making the right choice to Mm -hmm. cling to God and to hang on to God's promise until the very end Scott I think that everything David went through is exactly a reflection of what the church is going through now and the wilderness journey that we have ahead and the things that David did in his young life when he cultivated that relationship with God are the very things that gave him the strength to endure to the end. What do you think? Do you think we can learn from David and do the same things that David did? goodness sakes i hope everybody were really having their
1: spiritual ears on when you were talking I, where to begin you, you you threw so many points you know <clears throat> I, let me just let me just focus on these couple though but you you notice you're talking about the wilderness journey david took it and it's likened to it's going to be likened unto the same wilderness journey that god is going to send his remnant people we were talking about the remnant into and and Charles, you talk about in that wilderness journey, there comes a time where it looks like everything is going to fail, where it looks like God is going to be gone. <laughs> I'm about to get excited, but I'm, I'm going to stick on. It looks Amen. like everything that you were promised, all the the dreams that you had that you've been given are gone. And it looks like everything is, is dashed to pieces and there's no hope. And And I, I hope people heard what you said and there. I heard it, you know, there, there came a point in David's life. Like at one particular instance that comes to mind is when a, and I'm not going to get into the particulars of it. Just listen to this, but there was an invading army that came in while David and his mighty men uh, that, that he'd accumulated this small army, David had accumulated, were off doing battle. There was a invading force that came in that Charles, they took, their wives they took their possessions yeah. they took everything and when David and his mighty men had come back to the camp there was nothing they had lost everything and those those mighty men were angry there's that root of bitterness and that's exactly what Satan wants you to get into is a root of bitterness so you'll miss the move of God and not move when God moves that's what that bitterness is designed for But but Charles you said a key thing there's a passage in that scripture where David could have got mad too. David could have got angry too. He could have he could have got angry at his men for turning on him. He could have got angry because he lost everything and said, "Where is God?" But I picture him walking back into those woods, and I Come picture out. him. The Bible says, <laughs> the Bible says he shook himself, and and that's Come just out. too simplistic for me. Let let me let me give you a play by play. He went back in the woods and he yeah. reactivated what he had when he was in that little field as a young boy sitting there with he, he he was he didn't know anything was going to happen when he was a young boy he was just out there in those shepherd fields Charles playing his little harp singing to God saying oh how I love you Lord and just having himself a good old time and building up strength and that presence that would that would come around him Charles he went back in the woods and he reactivated that but see here's a key. If you didn't have it to start with, you can't right. reactivate it in the wilderness. It's oh. it's too late then. Golly, somebody help me! It, you can't once you're in the wilderness, that deep in the wilderness, and you try to reactivate something you've never cultivated to start with. It's not going to work. And Charles, we've got the lacking unto David. We have got to start. Fi- ah, gosh, I gotta I gotta calm down. We got we got to get into that place of of fellowship and intimacy that you spoke of. We gotta find us our own little heart. We gotta find us our own little pasture. We gotta find us our own I'm talking spiritually, our own little sheep that we can sit up there and watch and just praise God and love on the Lord and get back into a one on
0: one with him. Would you would you agree with that? Boy you threw so many points. <laughs> well, Scott, I'm following the leading of the Holy Spirit. I feel the same thing you feel. I feel concerned for the body of Christ. I know we have listeners, and there are many people, Scott, in this church age who have been told by other ministers that nothing bad is going to happen before we get taken out of the picture. And that things are going to, you know, that before things get really bad and the tribulational period begins, that the church is going to escape all of that. And so people have a tendency, Scott to believe the best words and or ignore the warning signs. Mm-hmm. And so I'm concerned that many a believer have not prepared. And we called it a, a storehouse of faith. They've not took the time to cultivate a relationship with God so that when things got tough and bad times did come and they will come and they will continue to come until the Lord returns, But they didn't take the time, Scott, to build them up a storehouse of faith like David did or where when the tough times came and when those periods of drought and when there's no open vision and the dreams have stopped and the words have stopped and you don't have someone rubbing oil on your head and prophesying over you. (laughs) And you can't find someone with a fresh word from God and you've reached out and podcasts no longer give you what you need. There are going to be times that come if they've not already came, Scott, in a believer's life, especially during this transition from the church age to the kingdom age. There's going to be a darkness that increases. There's going to be a time like God allowed the enemy to come in and take from David everything that he owned and his wives and his livestock and everything. And, Scott, if David didn't have the kind of relationship that he had in his past, if he didn't have that intimate relationship that he had cultivated while he was able to with the Holy ghost, he would have been a victim of that root of bitterness. He would have given up on God. He would have, he would have fell victim to that despondency and that discouragement that the enemy wanted to place on his life. And he would have gave up on the promises of God. And just like the children of Israel in the wilderness being led by Moses, that root of bitterness would have turned into a heart of unbelief and they would have, they lost out on God's rest and they lost out on God's promise because they didn't hang on and they didn't encourage themselves or like you said, shake themselves and say, wait, I remember God is faithful and no matter what's going on on the outside, no matter if the darkness is increasing, the waves might be getting higher. The winds might be blowing harder. But I believe in a God who's faithful in the end. And they have built their lives, Scott, on the word of God. And despite how they feel and despite the circumstances around them and despite what they hear on the news or what they see in the world or what their friends and family have told them or what other ministers have told them, they believe and remember the faithfulness of God. They're Mm -hmm. able to draw strength from that storehouse of faith. They're able to hang on until the end, and when the transition's over, they're going to walk into the kingdom age with their head held high, and they're going to say, I have endured. And just like Jesus said, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. And, Scott, I'm concerned for believers who have not taken the time, like David, to get a storehouse of faith, something they can hang on to, something they can grasp and hold on to with their hands spiritually and say, I'm not giving up on God. You know, Scott, we have a tendency to wait till the last minute to prepare ourselves for anything. Yeah. And, and I'm afraid Scott, that the believers, maybe even some of the people that are listening to this podcast, they have not taken the time that we've told them to seek out God's face and to take seriously the warning of the wilderness journey that we're about to embark on to get to the other side and to see the King arrive. We're not going to take this seriously. We're not going to take the time that we have left to cultivate that relationship with the Holy spirit. We're not going to be strong enough to stand in the evil day. Like it says in Ephesians chapter six about standing in the evil day and having on the whole armor of God, Scott, there's coming a time in the church age there's coming a time during this transition as we go into the wilderness just like david that if we're not careful we're going to complain we're going to have a root of bitterness we're going to fall short we're not going to make it to the other side we're going to be like the children of israel we'll be in danger of falling in the wilderness and not becoming a part of god's rest and god's promised land amen
1: Amen. So let me see. And I hope I don't train wreck uh, the, the, the way you're wanting to go here. But let me see if I can lay this in everybody's lap and including mine and surmise just right quick. There was a fellow in the Bible who wanted to come to Jesus and said, Master, how may I attain t- eternal life? I know you probably heard this a million times, but listen. And, and Jesus said, well, keep the commandments. Keep the commandments. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself. And that fellow said, (laughs) all these things I've done since I was a kid. Uh And Jesus answered him one more time. And he said, then sell all your possessions that you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. Now, Charles, he couldn't do that. The Bible records some of the most saddest words in there. He walked away from Jesus, never to see him again, because he couldn't let go of that thing, those possessions, that thing. He couldn't let go of it. Now, if I get you straight, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but you are saying today, right now, there are people that are listening to this podcast, whatever time it may be, doesn't matter. But there are people right now that are listening to this podcast that have a thing that they've not dealt with, that they won't let go of, that has been a constant wall between them and God, between them and Jesus, between them and peace, between them and eternal life, between them and that thing they so desperately need, that miracle they need. There's, a, there's that thing that they won't let go of. It's, it's a root of bitterness we've said today, but it, they won't let go of it. Charles, they're angry at God over something. They're, they're mad, and, and it's okay to say that. You're, you're mad at, at Jesus over something that happened, something that didn't occur, something went wrong, something didn't get fulfilled, and you're angry at Jesus and you've not dealt with it. Charles, there's people listening to us that are holding on to the things of this world. They, they, they're more concerned about a stimulus check than their names being written in the Lamb's book of life and making sure that they're rev- ready for heaven when this kingdom age occurs. Charles, they're, they're, there's this thing. And if I, if I hear you correctly, you're saying Jesus has taken us to the wilderness. And in this wilderness today, right now, before that root becomes the sin of unbelief, We've got to deal with it. We've got to turn and deal with it. We've got to go into the pasture field. We've got to grab our little harp spiritually, and we've got to start talking to Jesus, and we've got to be real. God, I'm, I'm angry with you about this. Lord, I, I, I don't understand why you did this to me. Lord, I, 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 I'm I worried about my my situation with my job. Lord, I don't understand why things are going on like they are. God, I, I don't know why. Bad things happen to good people. I could name a million things. But there's a thing that you won't let go of that's standing between you and being remnant ready, being being kingdom worthy that, that you're not dealing with. And today, we've got to
0: turn and deal with it. Am
1: I, am I hearing you correctly? Please correct me if I'm wrong.
0: You did a great job, and you hit the nail right on the head. God, it may be uh, something that didn't occur Or it could have been something that happened to them that they've never been able to let go of. Someone in the church may have hurt them, and as a result, they stopped going to church or they stopped believing in God because they were saying that if all Christians are like this, I don't have nothing to do with God. And they threw it all away, the baby with the bathwater, because of one bad experience. It could have been that they, like you said, trusted in the government stimulus check to sustain them instead of God sustaining them. And if you've got your hopes built on being taken care of by the world system, Just like Egypt, Egypt was responsible for feeding the children of Israel. Egypt was responsible for clothing the children of Israel. They didn't have houses to live in had it not been for Egypt. They didn't have water to drink had it not been for the wells that Egypt owned. And all Egypt had to do was threaten to take those things away from Mm. these people to control them. And there's going to come a time during this wilderness journey, Scott, that the government's going to say, if you don't comply to our way of living, sure, you can have your religion as long as it meets our guidelines. Sure, you'll still be able to follow God if you do it according to our way. And if you don't, we'll take away the stimulus checks. We'll take away the security. We'll take away the means that you have of feeding yourself and clothing yourself and houses to live in. Scott, got to a point where the children of Israel walking in the wilderness had to trust God that their clothes wouldn't wouldn't wear out. They had to trust God to give them water from a rock. They had to trust God for manna from heaven out of nothing. Dew on the ground turned into bread for them to eat. They came to a point in their life, Scott, where they had to trust God for every day of their life. And Scott, we're coming to a wilderness journey where that's going to occur again. And if we are not careful, then the old ways and the depending on Egypt and and the slavery that the enemy has brought upon our lives by the way that we live and the choices that we made in the past are going to take a hold of us and keep us from accepting God and trusting God fully and making heaven our home and reaching that kingdom age. And Scott, that's why people like you and me get on here and we do the podcast that we do because we want to see our brothers and sisters make it home. We want to see the believer, not let go. We want people to be like David and encourage themselves in the Lord and not give up and not let go of this journey. And this wilderness journey is going to be tough. The transition is going to get hard. There's going to be dark days ahead. But if we hang on to what God said in his word, and despite what might be going on around us, despite what the government might threaten to take away from you, despite what the enemy throws in your face and the past mistakes that you've made, God's grace Mm. is good enough to get you home. But, you know, if we don't, if we don't cling to God's grace, if we don't stay, uh, you know, faithful to God's word, if we give up on God we're going to be like the children of Israel. We're not going to make it home. Scott, we can't be like that. we got to be like David. We've got to stay faithful to God and trust God. Encourage ourselves in the Lord. Make it through the wilderness so that we can see the king be crowned upon his throne. That is why we do the things that we do. Amen.
1: Amen. And Let's talk about those transitional leaders for a moment. Here we go again. You've got King Saul in charge at the moment while David is, is thrust into the wilderness running around. Now he's the true King. He is the anointed one. He, David is the one that God is speaking to and has anointed to be King. But at the same time, we've got King Saul already in place, not God's man. And, and Charles, the ending of that story that we, we just invoked was David shook himself and he took his mighty men of valor. And he went back and he got back everything that the devil, that invading army That's stolen right. from him. He got everything back. Now, Charles, I'm, I'm not preaching a message this morning. to go take back what the devil stole from you. You sure can. <laughs> you sure can. You can do that. But what we're trying to say this morning is it depends on who you follow. It's depending on who you're following in this transitional period, because you're going to have the, the finished church age, it's done. It's fulfilled its obligation. It's fulfilled its destiny. Now it's over. Now it's a dead thing. Now it's a dead thing. When God pronounces judgment on it and says, done with that, I'm going here. That thing he's pronounced on is a dead thing. Ooh, and and Charles, ooh. ooh, boy, I feel that. And, and Charles, I'm think. telling you, there, there's this transitional danger, if I can put it that way, where you're still going to have the people that don't want to stop the the church age from from dying, screaming in your ear to come back where it's safe, just like Egypt was to the people in the wilderness. Hey, come back here. Remember, we've had this thing for a long time. We've done this thing for hundreds of years. Come back where you know it works. Blind, poor, wretched, naked. Anointedless, They have no anointing and they're going to scream for you to come back. So who are you going to follow Saul or David? That's the choice that you're going to have to make. Boy, I'm about to get loud. I'm going to hand it back to you. Saul or David, which one do you want? We got King Saul in charge right now. I'm not afraid to say it. I'm I'm sorry, but we got King Saul in charge right now, but David is on his way. David is rising up as we speak. The man and woman. Yeah, I said it. The man and woman that God has laid his hand upon to anoint is on his and her way. Are there going to be enough God in you to recognize the difference
0: when it happens? Charles, I got to give this back to you because I'm getting loud. Oh, no, no, no. I wish you wouldn't because that's exactly what needs to be said at the end of this podcast is there is a decision to be made. Scott, you were talking about Saul and how Saul was in charge, and he was king, but David was on his way. And because of the reluctance to let people, you know, to let things go, and to let old ways die, and to follow God's new plan, you know, it says God would do a new thing, and God's going to do a new thing. The kingdom age has to arrive. And in order for the kingdom age to arrive, the church age must be Fulfilled. It must come to an end. But there are going to be people that are unable to transition between those two. They're going to look back. They're going to say, Why can't we keep going the way we're going? Why can't we keep doing it the way we've always done it? Why do we have to go forward? Because God's moving and He is on the move, and we must be on the move with Him. Scott, I could have said it better than you did. King Saul represents the old way. And Samuel the prophet was grieving over Saul. And Samuel the prophet was weeping over Saul. And he knew that God had rejected Saul and said, the time of Saul has come to an end and King David's coming to the scene. And Samuel didn't want to let go. And Samuel was crying to God. And God said, how long are you going to hang on to something that hmm. I said had been put down, brought to an end I am no longer a part of how long are you going to grieve and mourn over this? You know, that happened Mm. when, when Moses left the scene and the people of Israel were mourning the loss of Moses and God came to Joshua and said, Moses is dead. Mm. And that's the way the conversation started. Moses, (laughs) is dead. it's time to move forward and take possession of the promised land. Moses was a representation of the church age. Moses was a representation of the way God governed the people of Israel during the wilderness journey. And no longer was it going to be that way. They needed a new kind of leader. They needed a new kind of leadership. They needed a new move of God, a new plan of God, a new age from God. But they had to let the old one go. And just like Moses, just like Saul, God told Samuel, no longer are you to pray for Saul. No longer are you to grieve for Saul. It's over, and I'm moving on to David. God's about to move on to David. The king is on his way, Scott. Amen. the church has come to an end. And the people that are not able to let go of the Saul, they're not able to let go of Moses. They're not able to let go of the old way. They're not going to make it to the promised land. They're not going to make it into the new way. They're not going to be a part of this kingdom age. And, Scott, it's people like you it's people like me we cry out and we say let go the old embrace the new god's moving get on the train that he's moving on and move with yeah. him and yeah. we are doing our very best to make sure that each and every person is ready for that scott i'm afraid not everybody's going to listen to us but we're going to do everything that we can if we can get one person not give up If we can get one person not to let go, if we can get person, one person to say, I'm not giving up on God until this journey is over. I'm going through the transition. I'm going through the wilderness. I'm going to go with God. I'm not going to cling to the past. I'm going to look forward to the kingdom age that's coming. Scott, that's what it's all about is making it home. Mm. Yes. Yes. And in these last few minutes that we have, I want you to say whatever's on your heart. And then after you say it, I want you to pray for us. Pray that we let go of Saul, that we let go of Moses, that we let the old thing die so that the new thing can grow. Jesus said, unless a seed fall in the ground and die. Ah, yes. And die, it cannot bear any fruit. And we must be able to die to the old so that we can become part of the new. Jesus said, you can't put new wine in the old wineskins. You have to get new wineskins. There has to be a change. There has to be a change. And that change is coming. I want to be a part of that change. I believe, God, you want to be a part of that change. And I want each and every person listening to us to be a part of that change as well. Would you pray for us?
1: Father, we thank you this morning, God, for this word. We know it's a warning, but it's also encouragement. God, we know it might be chastisement but it's also loving uh, god put it's a loving push we thank you this morning lord and god we we pray this prayer this morning we we hear you holy spirit and we we pray this prayer <laughs> thank you lord that you are a forward moving god I, i'm glad jesus you didn't give us the ability to make a time machine i, I don't think i didn't think I'd ever say this I'm glad that you you don't make time machines because you're a forward-moving God. The past is in the past, and you're not concerned with the past. You're concerned with the future and the end result. And, God, you're not concerned with people's past out there, the ones that's listening to us. You're not concerned with what went on then. You're concerned with the now and being ready for the future. Lord, we pray the special prayer this morning that you help us, me, Charles, Every listener that's listening to this podcast, help us to let go of King Saul. God, Ooh. that could be anything. Help us to let go of King Saul. God, can I name a few? Help us, Lord, to let go whatever King Saul may be. Maybe it's somebody that hurt me. Maybe it's somebody that spoke against me. Maybe it's somebody that hurt me in the church. Maybe it's a, it's a thing that I, I, I think you did to me, Jesus. Maybe I feel like, Jesus, you hurt me. Help me to let go of that, Lord. God, help me to let go of the King Saul of, of, of the church age. Lord, That we did this this way for so many years. Lord, please help us to come out of this and be remnant ready, be kingdom ready. Lord, help us. Give us the strength. Give us the supernatural power. I know you can do it, Jesus. I've seen you do it before. Give us the supernatural strength. Everyone listening that will receive this word to move forward, to leave Egypt behind, to leave King Saul in the dust, in the valley, dealing with his Goliath. And let us move God forward with you and with the anointing and the move of God and be ready for your coming. Jesus, I don't want to be ashamed. I don't want to be afraid and ashamed when you come back. God, and I know that's the prayer deep down in the heart of everyone that's listening to this podcast. They don't want to be ashamed of you coming. Let us make ready. Let us, let us stop right here, Jesus, this morning. Let us deal with the King Saul in our life, whatever that may be. I know people are getting convicted right now as, as we speak. You know, Amen. listener, you know, listener, who King Saul is. You know what I'm talking about. You know what you got to deal with. You know what you've not been dealing with, what you've been hiding in the secret closet of your heart and not talking about and not praying about and not dealing with. You know, but the Holy Ghost is saying now is the time. No more laying it to the side. No more ignoring it. Now is the time to deal with it. Father, you you give us a door opener. Let me go back to this. Father, you give us a door opener, Lord, to, to deal with it. You said, come unto me. All ye, come unto me that are that laboring are heavy laden, that are burdened with King Saul. All you come unto me, and I will give you rest. God, we can stand on your word because you're not a liar. You don't promise and, and renege. God, you you promise and fulfill. And we thank you for this door opener that we can go in. We can lay King Saul down, and we can walk away from him forever. And, and, and Father, we give you the praise, the glory for this word this morning. Help us all, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray, and
0: amen. Amen, amen. So good, so good. Lord, thank you for the word that we've heard today. Listener, take heed to what you've heard. Help us to get this word out to others. You may be the the bridge. You may be the one reason that your loved ones, your family members, your work companion, your friends, make it home is if you share this word with others, help us to get this out before it's too late there is others that need to hear what God has said today Yeah. and we want you to help us listener, we thank you so much for being a part of this podcast, for listening and for contributing with your prayers we have an email address that if you want to send a prayer request or feedback or comment to we encourage you to do so. We'd love to hear from you. We will report back to you. We will get in touch with you through the email address. It's simply key underscore David underscore ministries at yahoo.com. Listener, we also have blogs that you can enjoy and read and, and use in your devotional time to help encourage you and increase your faith and edify you and make heaven your home. We will link those in the show notes of this podcast. We have YouTube channel. We have Facebook page. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cry of the Watchman. Uh, We are doing our very best to get this word out. You can help us to be a part of that as well. And I want to thank Scott for helping me on this podcast today. Thank him for being here with me and for obeying the spirit of God as he spoke to us want to thank you, listener, for listening in, and I hope and pray that you have been blessed. It is the prayer of the key of David. It is the prayer of the Watchman of the Wall Ministries. It is my prayer, it is Scott's prayer, that each and every person listening to us today repents, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand.